0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer. joining you. Oilers now. NHL draft day today and speaking of the National Hockey League draft, our coverage here on 630 Chet is brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. A legacy of excellence on Oilers Radio. 630 Chet. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brennan Clack, Brennan Scott, and uh, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino momentarily, but not before I tell you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 plus years for a menu and a list of 15 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. And you never really know who influences what decisions in organizations, um, but we all have different perspectives on things. And, uh, you know, some some would say Al's a little bit old school in some regard. Others would say Al's actually quite new school. I know we've had debates over uh, discussions on things like... Uh Relationships between writers and players, the difference between broadcasters and writers and players, all those sort of things, who's influencing what. Al, I'm going to get into a debate right now. The Oilers made a move today. They they promoted Brad Holland, who I think is the most progressive of their young uh, uh, hockey ops-type people, a guy that was on the radar screen with some other clubs. Now, he's a guy that's into analytics. He's into video. So the question I'm going to have to ask you is, as a guy who's worked around the league for the last 30-plus years, do you... Do you think the Washington Capitals, the club you work for, Al, do you think they've very subtly moved in that regard under Brian McClellan?
1: Oh, I know they have. And they don't, you know, they just don't brag about it. And they're very progressive in in their video department and the things that they do track. So absolutely, without a doubt. And when you, when I do have conversations with Brian McClellan and the different managers of the team, uh, you know they they talk about the numbers and what the numbers are saying, and you know and they have to match the eye test. That's the one big thing that you know everyone wants to go to war over. You know you're either one side or the other. But I think when the eye test and the numbers match, you you definitely have something with a player. And and if it's just the numbers that match, but you, you, the player is failing the eye test, you know, to to me, then the numbers are, are, are very skewed. And once again, no one wins the Stanley Cup based on analytics. You're based on scoring goals and getting things done. And you look what the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to do this year and how far they went. And they certainly weren't fancy stat darlings on how they got there. And it was a, a system of play that was more defensive, more physical, a lot of stuff after the whistles, things that they never used to do. And uh, so they're, they're, I think you have to have progressive people within your organization. If you don't evolve in this game, uh, you're passed by, and the teams that the owners stick with those groups of managers and management team and managers that, that have their heads stuck in the mud on what used to work 30 years ago you're going nowhere. So you have to have progressive thinking. You can still have an older general manager, but I believe that he has to bring in new blood and and people that will challenge him. And at the same time, the old iron fist way of running teams does not work. It's got to be collaborative. And that's the only way to get ahead in the league right now, because it's the players are so much better, so much smarter. They've been coached uh, even from their youth hockey coaches. There's just so much information that they need to have and they want to have.
0: Let me ask you this, Al. Is it possible that the Edmonton Oilers and the Washington Capitals might be looking at a couple of the same players, and those players would be Evander Kane. Uh, Kevin Weeks was on, talked about the fact that Washington was right in there and under with Kane. Ovechkin was trying to recruit him to come to the Caps. Uh, Evander Kane and now Darcy Kemper. Would would, Would those two players make sense for the Washington Capitals? They're obviously on the Oilers' radar screen, too.
1: Absolutely, and you know b- both of those players should be almost on every team. There's a lot of goaltender needs around the National Hockey League, and there's so many teams. You know, more than half the league is up against the cap, and and I know the Washington Capitals definitely have a need for a goaltender, and it's got to be a veteran goaltender, and it's got to be someone that's proven. And if you look at Kemper was the backbone of the Coyotes for a long time, and he took a lot of heat in the playoffs this year. He was dinged up multiple times, but ultimately, he was the guy that won them the Stanley Cup. And I go back, uh, I don't think he got the respect he deserved, and a lot of people will poke it apart, what I have to say and what you have to say and anyone else has to say about Camper, But he won. I go back to Corey Crawford. Uh, people were poking holes in his game for years, but look what he did in that for the Chicago Blackhawks. And somehow he, he was the guy in there for the ga- all the game, game wins in the Stanley Cup final, and uh, you can never take that away from him. Some guys look good losing. Some guys just get the W. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd rather take the guy and I'd rather and I'd rather take the guy that gets the W. And as far as Evander Kane, I know that the Capitals were interested in him uh, originally, but I don't know if that was more of just a You know, dip their toe in the water to see how the fan base reacted because we have, you know, the the type of city that I live in during the hockey season. It's a little erratic and radical when it comes to politics and and, you know what's politically correct or not correct. So I think Evander has proven to a lot of people, uh, you know, that his focus is, is back on the ice. And and it's funny how all that noise went away all of a sudden when he spoke up and presented some of his side as to what had been going on off the ice. So I, I think every team in the league would definitely want a player like him because every Oiler game I watched, he seemed like he was a huge factor in their success.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's with the Oilers. He's in their top six. And the thing is, when you're in the top six, you're generally speaking against playing against the other team's, you know, top three lines. And there's not a lot of guys left like him anymore. And I know you're doing some work for CBS on the draft, and there's a local product uh, that is a, a sort of a late-round pick target his name is reed schaefer he played for the seattle thunderbirds he had uh 32 goals and 88 points we saw him in the playoffs he's almost a unicorn for because seattle played edmonton and al seattle had a big heavy physical tough team we don't see guys like that anymore do we
1: no not enough and you look how you know much praise a player like tom wilson and josh anderson and players like that uh, you know, every team wants those players. Now uh, Josh Anderson's probably in play tonight and, and a lot of teams are, and I even think the Washington Capitals were interested in him last year. And that was, you know, before Wilson went down, uh, you know, though, players that show up every night and give you a physical presence, but have a skill level as well. And you can't teach size, but you certainly want your size to have a work ethic and show up. We've seen some bigger players get drafted. and I, I go back to Nick Ritchie, you know, how coveted he was, uh, he was drafted, but he didn't really have what it took. But he didn't have what it took in junior either. The, the stats didn't bear that he was willing, ready, willing, and able to compete physically every night. And I look last year; he was about a, a forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven penalty minute guy, and he kind of tiptoed around the ice. And that's not how he what he was drafted for. And I don't think those players realize how just by being the initiator, uh, like a kid like Zach Cashin, you know, when, when he's at his best, he, he's just miserable. And, you know, everyone's looking over their shoulder, but. You definitely want bigger players that have hands, but you want them to compete every night. You don't want to have to get the cattle prod out to get them going. Uh, and to me, always the, the most dependent, you know, the dependable physical guys were the guys that were willing to, to be aggressive, be physical, be ready, and go as hard as they could every night. Whether it was involved in hitting or, or dropping gloves, it didn't really matter. You just want guys that are going as hard as they can because when they do, the the other team is intimidated and you don't have to hit all the time. But you if those players are involved at all times, uh, it, it, just makes, it just tilts the ice in your favor. And, you know, you can't have enough of them. And I look at Tampa. Once again, how they changed the look of their team and the things that they started to value and the success they've had over the course of the last three seasons versus where they were before when they didn't value that type of player.
0: Al, at tonight's draft, what are you looking for? Like what are you Chicago's obviously gotta be a story to break it? Now we're hearing they might move, you know, Kirby Doc. Um you know, the Oilers are sitting with Ryan McLeod as a third line center. I think Doc's a center, not a right wing. We've already had people say, Well, there's your Pully They're not taking Pulley Arby straight up for they probably want the Oilers first rounder to this year and next year, but I, I, I am a little bit flummoxed by what Chicago's doing. What are you watching tonight?
1: Well, I think the big story is is Montreal going to go crazy and and really set the draft on fire uh, with maybe ended up with the first two picks in the draft. They've got they're still in somewhat of a salary cap hell, and you know Martin Saint Louis did a really good job of turning that team around and getting the most out of those younger players. And you know Suzuki was having a horrible season. Caulfield's numbers were abysmal before Saint Louis got there, and all of a sudden those guys. You know, they had confidence every night and they weren't being berated for every single thing that they did wrong. Instead, they were focusing on what they did well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal comes out of the gate and, and, and kind of shocks the world with some trades and, and gets the first couple of draft picks. And uh, not only do they end up with, with Shane Wright, but they end up with Slomkowski as well because that, that would be something. And then there's a lot of draft picks in play from some teams. But I look at, you know, after the success of Brett Sider last season and what an absolute stud that we start to see some of those bigger defensemen from Europe uh, that can skate and play physical with an edge. And always a right-handed defenseman seems so valuable. It seems like we've been talking about that forever. But uh, there's some really nice right-handed defensemen out there from overseas, you know, namely Slovakian and Czech players, that, that could, I think, really make a difference in, in the draft right now. And they're players that have been playing pro already with guys 25, 30, 35 years old.
0: He had 1,348 penalty minutes in 39 NHL, 393 NHL games. Al May, Al, you were not drafted. So how did you make it, like, for, you know, and, and I think to, to kids that aren't drafted in the Batum Draft, or they fall inexplicably to the seventh or eighth round, there were a couple of kids this year that people thought two years ago were going to be, you know, first or second round picks. What message would you have? Uh, what's, what's the one word you always have to say with everything you do if you want to get more work?
1: Well, I think you have to be relentless. And, you know, one of the things that my dad taught me was a relentless work ethic. And, you know, I had a huge chip on my shoulder when I wasn't drafted. Maybe I was delusional, but it's funny when I was skating at Edmonton in the offseason, uh, you know, no matter when I was in, and, you know, went from midget double A to junior, uh, even, you know, I, I felt that was so much better than guys I was skating with that were drafted. And, you know, I ultimately proved that I was because I ended up playing a lot more games at every single level than groups of guys combined that were kind of big shot first. second and third rounders locally, but I never saw them in the gym. I never saw them doing extra, but I, I think you have to put your work in. You have to do your time. And once again, one of the greatest things my dad taught me was, you know, it was, you know, it's a lot harder to do now is to get on the game sheet every game. And I remember in junior, you know, I certainly didn't have a helicopter father, but he'd call me. He wanted to see how I was doing. Did you score last night? No. Did you get any points? No. Did you get, you know, did you get in a fight? No. Did you get a penalty minute? I go, what the hell are you doing? So so I started to value making sure I was doing everything possible to find a way. Not taking a bad tripping penalty or something, but it was to find a way to get on the game sheet every night so that you were noticed so that people knew you play. And, you know, there were nights that I probably could have had 30 minor penalties but didn't end up with a penalty, but people knew I was playing. So I know the game was different back then than it is now, but there's one thing that drives me crazy is players that just put on the jersey and go out there and skate around. I I think you have to put on the jersey, you have to own it, and... You have to look at your jersey at the end of the game. Is it marked up? You know, or Are there scuff marks all over? You have to be involved. And I don't care if you're a goal scorer or a playmaker. You have to be involved every night. So I think you have to be relentless in your in your approach, your off-season approach, your preseason. Don't go and just skate around in, in a preseason game, an exhibition game before the season. Make sure the coaches and everyone else knew you played the game.
0: Awesome stuff, Al, and I know you're doing some work around the draft today. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now yeah take care thanks for having me again you bet that is alan may on oilers now friend of the show it is currently 145 in edmonton should mention to you the Oilers now prospect report is brought to you by scott arthur millwork custom cabinetry luxury closets exceptional millwork visit scottarthurmillwork.com well for me shane wright's gonna go number one to the montreal canadiens I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, I think it's inevitable, and I think it's the right call for the Montreal Canadiens organization. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be right, but I think he's going to end up going number one. Who goes number two? Hmm, I don't think it's going to be Logan Cooley. I just have a sneaking suspicion that it's Shane Wright's going to go number Can the Canadiens get the number two overall pick? Wow, that would be... I don't know, man. That would be pretty impressive to make that happen. They'd have to make a deal with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, a lot of people have Juraj Slavkovsky as uh, you know, right there with Shane Wright. Uh, Slavkovsky is a player that played in both the Olympics and the World Hockey Championships for Slovakia. He's a six foot four, 230 pound left wing. Shane Wright, by the way, is a six foot one, 200 pound center. Many compare him to a Patrice Bergeron player. We're not talking Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl here. We're talking a guy who's a great two-way center. The wild card for me is Logan Cooley. I know Chris Peters, who was with Daily Faceoff, he had Cooley as the number one pick. I'm not always the biggest player on guys coming out of the U.S. National Development Program because they're basically on a glorified all-star team playing together, and they've got a huge advantage whenever they have the U18s because Team Canada doesn't have players from all three leagues. Uh, available because, of course, the major junior playoffs are taking place. And then we have, you know, a couple, uh, uh, one Slovakian and one Czech defenseman that are, you know, in the mix, potentially a top five. People wondering about Matt Savoy. I think Matt Savoy is going to get boxed out of the top ten. I can see Kevin Korczynski who played for Seattle, Working his way into 10, 11, 12 in that region. He's a he's a defenseman. Connor Geeky, I do think is going to go higher than some people think. A six foot four, six foot three center. He's got some talent. He got that sort of size with uh, you know 70 points in 63 games. Could see him going in the top uh, 12 of the NHL draft. And again, uh, a guy for me at 29, assuming the Edmonton Oilers uh, hold on to the pick, if he's there. I can't speak for the Oilers, but I'm looking at Reed Schaefer all day. A 6'3", 215-pound left wing uh, from Spruce Grove, 32 goals, 88 pims in 66 games. And uh, some people have compared him to Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck's a really good player. Was, you know what? Vegas might have lost that deal for, for Jack Eichel. Just, just so you know, they might have lost that deal. They gave up Krebs. They gave up Tuck. I don't think Reed Schaefer's like Alex Tuck. I think Reed Schaefer's a lot more like Tom Wilson or Josh Anderson. He's got a nasty side to his game. Uh, And and just so you're aware, neither Wilson nor Anderson ended up going in uh, the opening round of the NHL draft. So keep that in mind. All right. uh, That was our look at the prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork, Custom Cabinetry, Luxury Closets, Exceptional Millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com. Did I just make a factual error on Tom Wilson? Now I'm having to check myself on the air as we speak. Did I say he wasn't a first-round pick? I mean, I know that Josh Anderson was a fourth-round pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, this is where I tell you that Tom Wilson went 16th overall to the uh, Washington Capitals back in 2012. That was the year that the Tampa Bay Lightning got Vasileski 19th, and the Oilers got Yakupov first. So, I was incorrect on Wilson. Fourth-round pick for Josh Anderson, and so Columbus at the home run there. That was a pretty good pick. That's the guy for me. Schaefer is more like a Wilson-slash-Anderson type of player. Circling back for... Our friends out at Brent Ridge Ford, the vehicle pipeline is moving, and Brent Ridge Ford have units in stock and more coming on the way. You can check with Uncle Milt, Johnny, Rich, and the gang to see if they've got the right vehicle for you. If not, they can order one to the exact specifications that you want, but hurry, because the order bank's getting full. If you want to be treated fairly when you purchase a vehicle and get outstanding service, call the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, one 877 477 Ford. That's one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. Brentridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. When we return, we'll get to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. You're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on six thirty, Chad.
0: 151 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Clack, Brennan Escott with you. We head into this day in Oilers history for New S Travel, and here's Brennan Clack. Well, for this day in Oilers' history, on this day in 1996, or sorry, this day in 1966, uh, former Oiler Tony Herkus is born in Thunder Bay, Ontario. He played in 36 games in the 1997-98 season, tallying 19 points, which is not bad for a mid-season waiver claim. And he was traded with Bobby Dallas to Pittsburgh for Josef Baranek that offseason. Yeah, the Herkus Circus, He, I think he had a, four-game goal, a four-goal game for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, right when he came out of NCAA, Thunder Bay kid almost certainly played at North Dakota. Uh, I will tell you that uh, here's what we got coming up on 630, Chad, the play-by-play voice, not just of the Edmonton Oilers, but the Edmonton Elks. It's a Week 5 showdown on CFL tonight, the Elks and the Stampeders from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, 5.30, the countdown to the kickoff show with Brendan Escott, Scott, uh, Blake Dermott, uh, Morley Scott, and Dave Campbell. Morley and Dave, will have the game for you beginning at 7 p.m. Throughout the course of today, uh, our coverage of the 2022 NHL Draft brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. Uh, Legacy of Excellence on Oeders Radio 630. Chad will continue with updates uh, throughout the course of today. Uh, uh, this afternoon, we'll tell you tomorrow. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Mid City Construction Manager uh, Management and Sportsnet Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta will join us. Special thanks to Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland for doing a live interview on uh, draft day, along with Kevin Weeks uh, from ESPN and the NHL Network, Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers, and Alan May of the Washington Capitals broadcast in CBS. Up next a Global news weather traffic update with Ray lahoo followed by Angela Coquat today from 2 to 3 p.m., and then 6.30 Ched Afternoons with guest host Andrew Schultz. Again, it will be Brendan Escott with the Week 5 showdown, the countdown to the kickoff show beginning at 5.30. Back at you tomorrow uh, at noon on 6.30 Ched for rounds 2 through 7 of the NHL Draft. So long, everybody.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at
0: huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon
1: on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.